keep them pretty short, but I thought it'd be good for people to share with um, with you some of the thoughts and some of the things that they learned um, during their trip. So, who's ready to go first? I go first. They're repeating everything that I already said. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, I, I'm sorry, this is kind of scattered. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was so much that um, has gone in the last few weeks, but um, I was trying to think of some of the first impressions, <laughs> and I'll, I'll list them as things I'm grateful for for here in the states. <laughs> um, we have potholes, but not those that can swallow a car. <laughs> um, there. When it just it's amazing some of the things that you know they've learned to adapt and you know we look here and go oh my goodness you know even some of the meat you see in the market that would be out all day and you might you know if you go in the afternoon well <laughs> better cook it well um, it was just there's but it was such a I mean there's I could go on I, I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to shorten this but um, some of the things that I really appreciated watching was uh, Joanne she really contends for the faith I mean she. Um, watching her communicate with a Muslim jeweler, she, I mean, she was pounding that, and she was telling them, and, you know, just going back and forth, the exchange, and um, it really was convicting watching her, because I'm thinking, when it, I don't remember the last time that I've really debated with someone or argued with them. Normally, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'll leave you alone if you don't want to hear this anymore, um, but it, it was a, a good witness, um, good testimony to see that and watch her contend for the faith. Um, especially with, you know, as we're seeing more Muslims come into our area too. I mean, we could sit in their, their house and just, you could hear the call to worship. They had a mosque near them. And um, it's, you know, just, it's, um, I know myself personally, sometimes, you know, even the kids would be like, Mom, you know, look over there. I mean, it, it's kind of, to me, it's sometimes been frightening. Because I know, you know, some of the stories you hear, but, um, like I've told my kids, and I keep reminding myself, they need Jesus too. And just watching that, I think, was something that um, was a huge encouragement that I need to just stop <laughs> and trust him. And that was the thing, too. I noticed with the kids that there's a lot of things that they do. They just seem fearless. And, you know, hearing their stories and some of the things that, again, they've just learned to deal with. They trust the Lord. You know, here in the States, I think I find myself kind of stunted because things are at our fingertips. We don't have to, I, I shouldn't say worry, but, you know, it, it just it's there all the time. You know, it's there's not the crisis that they might deal with, and um, just seeing that faith and the creativity and working through those situations uh, was neat. Um, Pastor Conan, when he was sharing his testimony, I, I know that um, I saw Jared and myself. I mean, it brought us to tears listening to him, and I know I'm jumping around, but um, he had mentioned how he was so discouraged. I mean, he had felt the love of his wife, but that was, he just felt very alone. And he said, when you guys first made your trip back in 2013, the Lord, the timing of that was just perfect. It gave him the encouragement and strength knowing that there were others that cared for him and um, that he was not alone. And that was an incredible blessing. Um, yeah, so that was, um, as you saw, there was a, Sweet welcome from all the churches. They gave their, they gave a lot. I'm they're they don't they're not wealthy, and what they gave to us, I mean, was just precious. Um, a lot of you know, or some of you know, I hate fish, 
as we did it, <laughs> and they served fish. <laughs> um, the, the Lord was um, very gracious. I remember seeing that and just going, oh, Lord, please help, because <laughs> I didn't want to refuse it. And, um, and he did. They put a lot of spices in the sauce, and my tongue was burning. I couldn't taste it. <laughs> I got through it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, again, I, you could hear some of the singing. I, the way I describe it, they, they sing from their toes. <laughs> they sing with all their hearts. So um, I'll keep that short. But that was, those were some of the, the things that, I mean, there'll be more things that I, I think about that I wish I shared. But those are some of the things that were precious to me and were such a huge encouragement. are also some thoughts. I wish I had more time to define them, but I just kind of jotted down um, the things that impressed me or that were that I that stood out to me. Um, if I would have had more time to think through things, I might um, have refined my list a little bit more, but um, I just wanted to thank everyone here for their prayers for us while we were gone and prayers for our children and the family that we left behind. Um, thank also for their contributions of the gifts of the Cuthbertsons and the monetary contributions to allow us to go and be representatives of the Ambassador Baptist Church. Um, I know the Cuthbertsons were very thankful for the gifts that were provided by our church here, and they also generously shared with us um, what they had there, and also even some of the gifts that we brought to them. They opened up the Golden Grams and the coffee creamer and even made s'mores, which were some of the things that we brought over there. And I, we said, no, these are for your family. Save them for your family. But they, I think they wanted to dig in, so they <laughs> offered to share with us as well. And um, some things that stood out to me that life in the Ivory Coast is hard. In Africa, I've never been to a third world country, and it's much different from, from here. Um, they're reaching out to the African people who sometimes profess belief, um, but are so entrenched in their culture and their superstitions that they're happy to sometimes add God into their lives through their current beliefs, but they're not always willing to give up the traditions that are contrary to God's word. And so it's difficult. It's, it's easy sometimes to get that initial belief, but then to really train them and disciple them is, is the difficult part. Joanne teaches a group of ladies every several weeks um, right after the Sunday service. She teaches them the same Bible stories that they use for their kids. She has picture cards, and she teaches those same basic Bible stories to the ladies because they've never heard them. And she tries to also, she's got ladies at all different levels, some that can read, some that cannot, some that are have been believers for a little while, some that are new. And so she tries to add in lessons, something, teaching moments that will teach those who are a little more advanced, some who are just beginning with the basics. And it was, like Corey said, just interesting to watch her interact with the ladies and, and use the use the time that she has, the 20 minutes after the service, to just really, she brought banana cakes, banana muffins, shared that with them, and then shared the gospel while they were eating them. Um, I noticed that life 
is much different for Africans than it is for us here in America. Many live in villages, in mud huts. You got a chance to see some of those. They have plastic or tin roofs. Um, in fact, when we were on the way back to San Pedro from Abidjan after we had come in, uh, we learned that um, one of the men from the church, Benjamin, um, is he being trained? Is he a pastor now or he's being trained? Okay. He's, he's the pastor of Petit Pedro, and we learned that his house had been destroyed in the recent rains. Um, he's been working on it for nine months, just as he has enough money to continue building his mud hut, um, and it was all washed away with the many inches or centimeters of rain that they had. So he's going to have to start over. He has his plot of land. He'll probably have to rebuild on the same spot, but he has to completely start over. But when we met him, he didn't seem discouraged. He was just encouraged that we were there and, and very kind. Um, many do not have electricity or running water in the villages, and, and probably even if they live in the city and do, they often go without for periods of time if the electricity goes out or um, the water is out. And we experienced a little bit of that firsthand. Both of those went out for a short time anyway. Um, most of them walk to get to places or ride their bikes. Some have motorcycles um, or they take taxis, but you have to be very rich in order to have a vehicle, so most of them walk where they need to go. Um, the next thing that I've noticed is life is different and more difficult for the missionaries than it is for us here in America. They don't have the conveniences like we do in America, like we're used to, the big grocery stores where you can go get anything that you need. They have a few small grocery stores. In fact, while we were there, Joanne was looking for cornstarch, and she had to check several small grocery stores in order to finally find it to make the birthday cake, right? For I think it was for the birthday cake for Susanna. So she was it was Susanna's birthday while we were there, and she was looking for that one item. Um, they don't have fast food. They don't have great medical care, um, and like I said before, electricity and, and water outages often. Getting around is difficult, um, especially in the rainy season, which it was. Many roads get washed out, many potholes, vehicles getting stuck in the mud. One evening on the way to, or I guess it was the morning, we were on the way to church, and um, the way that they usually took, there was a big mud hole where cars were, it was still impassable. You couldn't go that way. So on Wednesday night, we had taken a detour. Well, when we went by that detour, there was a big truck stuck in the detour. So we had to take a detour of the detour and go a different way to get there. Um, so that just a place, that the church is not far from their house, but to drive there because of all the detours, it took at least 20 or 25 minutes to, to get there. And it's trip that in America would take five minutes probably. Um, something else they have to deal with are appliances and vehicles that break down. They had two microwaves sitting out on the front porch that had broken down. Jared took a look at them, but I think they were just not repairable. Or um, And so they just do without. They have some of the conveniences like a washing machine and dryer, but when they break down, they either have to fix them themselves or themselves or um, just do without. While we were there, they had to get an inspection from their car for their car because 
their papers had to be renewed, and it failed inspection. So they had to get something fixed on it while we were there so that when we went back to um, Abidjan that we wouldn't be get stopped and then not have a way to continue on our trip. So those are the things that they deal with on a daily basis. And, and like Corey said, it was just neat to see how they worked through those situations um, by the grace of God working in their ministry. Um, they're not all hardships. They also, also shared the joys of their ministry. There are many who are following Christ. There are many believers there who are doing what is right. And um, many national pastors who are in the different villages that are going to Bible school and being trained and then in turn training others and reaching out to more villages further out. And so that was an encouraging thing that we saw. And also the Cuthbertson's vision and their plans for their church building and the property to to in improve it and um, I believe eventually make a school a school there. Um, I think do they do some classes? They do some classes already, but they want to make some improvements and to the grounds and everything there. Um, it was neat to see how at home Dan and Joanne are. They both grew up in Africa, different countries, um, but they're used to the African way of life and their children have grown up there as well. And so they love Africa and its people. I don't think they would feel at home really anywhere else. They know how to interact with the people and to talk with them. And it was just so interesting to, to see them do that, whether it was in the marketplace or at church or people as we're driving by, there are police different places that stop you and they off, they always have a tract there ready to hand out something to read. Because the people there don't have a lot of books, they don't receive a lot of junk mail, so they're always happy to receive something to read. Um, one thing, um, one thing, oh I forgot, about the roads, they, they kept telling us, now you'll believe what we say when we're home on furlough about the roads being bad. And we told them, it's not, we believed you. It's not that we didn't believe you, but now we know from, from experience what it's, what it's like, how bad the roads really are. Um, and so we know better how to pray when they say it's the rainy season and the roads are bad. Um, another thing that Joanne said is, she kept saying, I'm such a spoiled American. I'm a spoiled American missionary. And I think for myself, I was looking at it, seeing how many things were different and how hard life is in, in Africa. And she just kept saying, I'm so spoiled. Um, one of those reasons that she was saying she's spoiled is because they have a hired helper who comes and helps with cooking and cleaning of their house. She comes several days a week. She's not always dependable or reliable, but it's a lady from their church who is a Christian. And she also helps to teach their children French or to refine their French. They all know how to speak it, but she helps to refine that. Um, but in return, they provide her with a stable job um, when she comes and also discipleship opportunities for her. They've taught a couple different helpers that they've had. They've taught to read because the ladies often don't know how to read and also valuable life skills that most Africans just don't know how to things that we in the States would um, automatically know how to do, like how to run a vacuum cleaner or work 
coffee pot or something like that. Those are things that they've never had to deal with. So they're able to do, um, to teach her those things. So I didn't think she was spoiled at all. Overall, um, I enjoyed seeing and experiencing Africa firsthand and the Cuthbertsons' ministry in the Ivory Coast. Um, just seeing them as we drove across, across the countryside, um, stopping at um, roadside vendors, um, in, the, in the marketplace, interacting with people, dealing with the situations that came up, um, stopping at the pharmacy, just interacting with people. Um, it was a great blessing to go, and again, thank you for allowing us to be your representatives to the Cuthbertsons. So he's got uh, he's got a couple notes here. I'll try to remember a few of them. Uh, some of them looks like about the kids together. Okay, go ahead. Well, when we first went back to the airport, I, I felt a little nervous and I felt like I had butterflies in my stomach. But then once we got on the plane, I just felt a little re relaxed and then it actually felt really <coughs> really exciting. And then once we got there. It, w it was really fun there. And and they also had a trampoline back for me, Esther, and Gideon, and sometimes Joseph. We had lots of fun to jump on. One time, we it was nighttime, and the they, lo they lost power. We got to jump on the trampoline in the dark at nighttime. It was really fun. And then, and then while we were jumping on the trampoline, we actually saw a bat fly from one of the trees. Really cool, and we also played hide and seek in the dark. Like one of us, like we we each had our own flashlight. We would have a flashlight on, and we would look for each other in the dark. And then, and on the way, and on the way back, we got to go to the zoo, and there was some lions there, but they're in the cages, and they were really noisy. The closer we got, they were the more like louder we got. And then there was also this wolf hug at the zoo. That sounded pretty funny. It, it like right when it saw, like right when it saw Dad start going up to the fence, and it, it it looked like it was trying to get out the fence, like it was hitting the fence. Yeah. And then there was the zebra. Did you want to? And then we were well right. Give one note. So that little bit of funny part there, Sam didn't mention. So I'll mention it because it makes fun of me. Um, Susanna was there, and the warthog was coming up to the fence and kind of staring at me, and I was staring at it. Susanna's like, oh, it recognizes a family resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Susanna. And then we also got to see some ze a zebra. Actually, there's only one zebra. Yeah. Uh, well, and right when we, were got, when we got there, they pooped right in front of us. <laughs> they just started running it. The highlights. And we also and we were able to see the hippo from grass, and then the, the we also, but the first animal we saw there was an elephant, mm -hmm. and it was big. I mean, actually, it's not that big. It's well, it started doing tricks for us for it for us to give it food. It was, and then 
touches them. Yeah. It it also, it also started sneaking me if I had to. Yep. And at the cobblestone's house, they also had some some baby kittens, and there's four of them: two black, and and two with black and white, like just like their mother. And then there was another little cat that they had. She was pregnant, and, and I guess because we were barely like I guess we're like pregnant. And then they, there were monkeys there. They had three monkeys, and I don't remember two's name. Like I remember this boy one, and he seemed to really like he, he would always go after me. <laughs> his name was Toby, and he and his he had a white nose, and it was actually pretty. Like it looked cute on him. <laughs> so then I think boys like to be called cute. <laughs> and then they have some civets that I think they got them when they're babies. Yeah, I think so. Civet and cats. Like, well, like, when you went outside, it started sniffing with the cupstone, and it's, and mom, and, and me, and then it chose me instead of grandma. <laughs> it's like, crawled all over me and started rubbing it. And, and then, their, their house had a lot of ants crawling over them, and I kept killing them. And then Mrs. Cupstone said, she's like, you can just leave them. I, yeah, I think you're killing cockroaches. <laughs> and then, we got to go swimming at a pool there, and it was right next to the ocean. They and they filled with ocean water, and I decided to open my eyes really quick, and it's done. <laughs> like when I was in the water, and mm -hmm. I, and we're swimming, and it, plus it was raining that day too, so we got to you know, swim. And I went to this 12 feet deep part, like where I touched the bottom, and, and that's when the wind had to back up because I couldn't hold my breath to get to the And then there's this millipede, and I swam out with it. Like it was, I think it was about this big, and and then and then I picked it up and started swimming out with it. <laughs> but in the in the pool there's actually a crab that is like or a dead crab and it almost came home. <laughs> and Gideon said so the sea doesn't spawn here and she screamed right at him. <laughs> and then they had the horses. We got we got to help try to get them into the trailer. There was this one horse, I think her name was Victoria. Yep. Well, she, she did not want to go in. Yep. And then I had to whip her a couple of times. Yep. And then, like, and 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 then she actually sort of stepped off the ramp, and the cellphone just started exploding. Mm -hmm. But luckily, nothing exploded. And then there was tons of geckos in Africa, and I kept chasing them. Yep. And we were at the market on the way home. Sam still was interested in chasing lizards, so one of the young men that was trying to have us buy goods um, made a joke with him, and I, I told him, I said, as soon as as soon as he catches the lizard, he's going to eat them. And he was going to, he, he thought it was funny and grossed out at the same Actually, time, I but he laughed pretty I good. I wouldn't mind eating it as long as it was cooked. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you want to cook it first. Actually the, and there was a big snail at the church, and I think it was about like this big. Yeah. Huge, and 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 I think it was Esther. But she made a joke like like, or no, I don't know if it was her, but she said the Africans actually eat the snail from big snail. They actually sometimes have these huge snails at the market that are like this big. Ooh. And then there was this game that me and Gideon pretty much play every morning. It was called Bumper Pool. First, Gideon always wanted it. I said, yeah, you do no more. 
So, a lot of animals, a lot of wildlife, wilderness. Um, I think Sam had a pretty good time. I think the uh, the Cuthbertsons' kids had a pretty good time having uh, somebody come. You know, he and Gideon spent a lot of time together. Um, so, now on to a few things that I thought of. Um, unfortunately, I kind of wing it a little bit. Mental notes. Um, but one thing you didn't see, and it didn't make it into the presentation, was a picture of a horse's head that was on the meat table. Uh, so <laughs> I had to I had to get a picture of it. So uh, some some Africans have interesting tastes. Um, but uh, there was that, and the lady she had a picture in there of some green peppers. Uh, they were small and, and somewhat ruffled. Uh, she gave me one, and you don't want to eat them because they were probably close to more like a habanero than anything. So I was quite careful and took my time, and I never finished it, uh, which is probably a smart thing. Um, you'll notice me hanging out with the, the little monkey. There's a, there may be a little family resemblance there too. Um, but that was uh, that was a nice little treat, something uh, that the Cuthbertsons tended to uh, treat their kids to, um, teach them a little bit of kind of responsibility as well as uh, a little comfort like, you know, when we get a, a dog ourselves or something or a little pet um, to spend some time with. And they had their little monkeys and civet cats and things like that, uh, which was nice. It was kind of fun. And one of them, the little boy monkey um, that was young, was so fond of Rebecca that I, I kept telling her that it looked like a little monkey wig because it would just cling right to the back and its long little tail would just follow her ponytail right down. And it was just a, it was like a little attachment and just hanging on for dear life, squeaking like a little dog toy. And it was just squeak, 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 squeak. And, uh, and so um, one, one opportunity that I had while I was there was to talk to a little group of, of uh, young men, young boys, uh, mostly teenagers, um, while uh, Pastor Jacob was at Petit Pedro teaching the seminary, we had two groups, uh, the boys in the morning uh, that came to the Cuthbertsons' residence, boys in the morning, girls in the afternoon. Um, so I, I spent some time with the boys a little bit. We played a little bit of uh, basketball in the old hoop, and, and uh, they had an old rusty foosball table under some of the, the swing sets, so we played that with the boys. And um, then I had a chance to uh, talk with them and give a, a short little message, um, one of encouragement. And so I thought, you know, what else do boys need? But um, sort of a, a pep talk from an older man. So I, I gave to them the importance of who the best role model is. And obviously, um, after you say it, it makes sense. It's Christ. And we don't have much recorded in the Gospels of his childhood, um, but one thing we saw 
uh, recorded in Luke was some brief statements of a couple couple character traits that he developed as a child, and that was um, growing in wisdom, growing in his stature and strength, and then also gaining favor um, before God and before men. And so I tried to take each of those and expand upon them a little bit, um, emphasizing to the young boys that by far wisdom is the strongest uh, character quality. Um, and showing that, in fact, um, for them, you know, it's natural for a boy to feel like he wants to be strong. So I took most of my passages from, from Proverbs, um, short little statements that I think, you know, they could probably grasp a little bit of, um, and it, it could relate to just about anybody. So, you know, I said, well, like a wise warrior, um, how is it, a wise warrior uh, becomes strong, but when he adds wisdom, he becomes his strength becomes stronger. Or he adds knowledge, his strength becomes stronger. Sort of paraphrased there. Um, and emphasize that for these boys, I know they're going to want to become strong. They're going to want to become men. Just like Jesus went from a boy to a man, they're going to go from a boy to a man. And the most important thing they can do uh, as they grow and as they, they learn to be assertive and, and do boy things and do man things um, if they're going to use their strength properly, they need to add wisdom to it. And, uh, you know, I emphasized, obviously, for the, in the book of Proverbs, uh, teaching us a great deal of wisdom. Um, and if they're going to have the right strength, it's got to come from hard work. Um, and as Joanne pointed out afterwards, you know, um, I had some very good points. And it's whether you're an African boy or an American boy. And for all of us, it's universal. Um, you've got to practice at hard work. You've got to make sure that you try to finish your jobs. You try to make sure that you do the best in keeping things orderly and don't keep them messy. And um, I think it connected a little bit. Joanne seemed to uh, think it did. And um, they need to gain favor with God and man. And so I, I told them they need to they need to stand up for what's right. Um, they need to be willing to tell others. Uh, when right is not happening and when someone else wants them to do wrong, um, that, that they need to decline and they also need to tell them what's right. Um, I said they, they're not going to like you for it, but eventually they'll probably respect you and you'll gain their favor, you'll gain their admiration, whether they accept the truth or not, um, giving, giving them some examples uh, that, that you or I would deal with, you know, with our coworkers and, and, uh, and some of the music they listen to. Um, one big problem over there, which might have been mentioned the last time that we came back, and it's it's still a problem. Uh, it's it's not going to go away too easily. Um, is the the rampant um, dysfunctional relationships between the men and women over there, uh, to where it's common for Dan to say, if you ask a child how many siblings you have, they sort of have to guess. Uh, maybe six, maybe seven. Sometimes they may say, I don't know, maybe 20. I, I don't know. Because it becomes sort of reality that their father has several women and he's not all that committed to one of them. And so they're just one in a long line of infidelity and, and, and a lack of understanding um, and a lack of training in the truth. 
and that's what God created marriage for. So um, uh, encourage them a little bit in that. Um, and so that, that, that would be my time with uh, the boys. Um, we had uh, we had a time of, of a very um, somewhat I say overwhelming, um, surprising. I didn't think it would be that uh, that uh, grand, if you could say that. Um, there wasn't amazing light shows and things like that. Um, but we came into the schoolyard at uh, what they called Terre Rouge. Uh, which is basically red dirt, uh, and it was red dirt. So we uh, we went to the school building, and they had already begun the service, um, and were singing. They had a little small choir, and they were singing their very African uh, songs, and some French, some not, I believe. Um, and we we were given some some uh, some seats up front as guests, as welcome guests, um, and it was very moving. So, greatly appreciated it, and like Corey said, we had a very spicy, fishy meal, um, which was uh, a very generous offering. Um, the uh, the music and the music director, I kind of think of this. Um, he's got a lot more rhythm than I do, so you can be you can be glad. I don't know if I want to try that. <laughs> But uh, he was really going at it with the, uh, with the choir. So I don't know if I'll try to practice those moves or not. <laughs> I don't know if I'll su- succeed. Uh, but uh, that, was, that was tremendous to watch our, our brothers and sisters praising like that. Um, we had a chance to go back to uh, Pastor Conan, uh, his, his village and his home for even more food. Um, which you kind of are excited about, I guess, if you're a guy like me, a little bit more food, but uh, you didn't quite succeed in eating all of it. It had um, uh, stuff called futu, if I can get into it just for just a moment, and it was basically a big ball of bananas or plantains and a root vegetable, not quite like a potato, but, you know, that, that sort of thing called cassava, I believe. Um and uh, it's just a big jelly gelatin ball of it, and you just have that with some some uh, some sauce and and fish, and uh, it was good. And almost got through all of it, but it was very filling. And uh, one of Pastor Kanan's um, <coughs> favorite dishes. So as he mentioned, uh, if the Lord allows him to come and visit us, um, if maybe we're not successful, if you want to try it. Try to go to Myers or Kroger's or somewhere, and you see some plantains, plantains on sale, or try make, making a mixture or something, just in case he uh, can stop by and we can provide him some American food too. I don't think it's going to be the exact same, but we'll do our best. Um, maybe treat him to pizza or some other unusual things. Uh, you know, um, he uh, just so you can kind of share an experience. Here's another one. Um, if the water is clear, then it's too light for Conan to drink. Um, it was uh, it was a, it was a little bit of a, a funny matter between us. Um, 
obviously we have our bottled waters, the nice and clear and filtered water and natural spring water. But he prefers, if it's cloudy, then it's probably better. He calls it nice, heavy water. Um, and that's pretty much, they have a, I, I kind of remind, r- reminds me of the Old Testament stories. Um, when you read through Abraham all the way down to Jacob um, about the wells being dug and you know having stones and different things put on them and, and um, going to the well to, to bring up water. Well, they were, he was fortunate enough. They had he had a couple little buildings for his home, the the mud huts and such, um, and kind of in the center of it, they had a, a well that you know would make you think of those stories. Um, basically, you know, about that big around, and just it was dug right into the ground until there was some water, and they had a little um, makeshift bucket, and they'd go down there, and it was nice, cloudy, thick, heavy water for for him and everyone else. So. He enjoyed that. Um, uh, what else can I say? Um, I can say that the traveling was somewhat pleasant, um, but the seat cushions were never sufficient somehow. Uh, so uh, you just sort of traveled and, and thought of other things while just kind of sitting there waiting. Um, the roads, like, like we mentioned, um, it's it's sort of like driving bumper cars, except you never want to hit anything, and you're just you're swerving from one one place to another. Um, uh, another one, and please please forgive me, but if you ever travel to Africa, and it, who knows when next time uh, we'll get a chance, um, the best African rest stop is going to be out in the wilderness because they're their hygiene and their re- their public restrooms are not all that good, so I'll just I guess as a guy I find that funny, but um, that's 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 just one tip. Every every chance we get, we are I guess I guess what it's funny, but we are so blessed um, with the choices our fathers and our grandfathers and our great grandfathers made to give us the culture we have that we have present here in America. Um, that was developed likely most of us from Europe but we really are generation upon generation built step by step decision by decision into what we are able to have the the church pews the quality that we can have I mean the cushioning the the lighting everything um, is really quite a blessing and it's it's a little bit of ourselves but it's a whole lot of other people uh, that have made decisions before us so we just uh, I would ask you to pray for them um, that they would continue uh, that God would, would grace them with good decisions with wisdom um, with Canaan and the other men they would lead well and the Lord would continue to build them up thank you Well, there's a lot I, I could say as well, but I'll keep it short so we can pray and, and um, then have the business meeting. Um, one of the things that was most profound, I think, for me was how thankful um, Pastor Conan especially was for us being there. He, um, as someone mentioned before, didn't really have many friends and, and no white friends at all. In fact, when Dan first um started to build a relationship with him all of his family said don't do it there's something there's some kind of string attached 
and uh, turned out to be a great relationship, obviously. And so they put on this big, huge reception for us, like we were something special. And you know, Jennifer and I went back and were talking later and said, "What have we really done? I mean, we've been here one time in 2013, put on a seminar, and um, I mean, I prayed for him along the way, tried to keep you and." In, uh, informed about him, but he's technically not our missionary. Uh, he's somebody that Dan is working alongside of to help him uh, as he tries to plant churches. And so what have we really done? And Dan said, actually, you've done a lot because um, there's no one else that has put this much interest in him. Um, he was very much abandoned as a child and, and not loved and didn't really know what true friendship was outside of his the love from his wife and now from Dan and his family and the, now from us. So this is pretty profound for him to to have us in his life. And so he, he really appreciated it. But then as I got to thinking about it, I was, I was thinking, well, compared to what what Dan does every week, we do, we've done practically nothing. You know, Dan's the one, and I tried to encourage some of these other guys. They're constantly thanking us for coming over and, and yeah it's a big sacrifice for us and we we're glad to do it but 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 Dan is over there all the time and Joanne and Dan's the one meeting with them every week and working through issues and trying to build them up with um, with uh, with the doctrine and so on so I'm really encouraged about what's going on uh, our church does well to support them and your money is being well used and the Cuthbertsons love you very much. Very few churches have the kind of relationship with them that we do, and I hope that continues. One of the exciting things that Dan has been able to see, he's mentioned a couple times, is just the singing. When they first started, I mean, it's amazing just to see all the works that have been started by, by him, but, but, but when they first started, no one w- would sing. You know, it was just him and Joanne singing, and now it's, you heard it. All those songs were there recorded while we were there of just them singing in the services. It's just exciting to see. And um, so we're thankful to to have been there. Uh, let's take um, some time now to pray together as a church. And I'll just ask two people to lead in prayer um, for the Cuthbertsons specifically. But um, think of some other things for our church as well. It would be fine too. Can I have two volunteers to pray? Jonathan. And one more. All right, Bob, thank you. Jonathan, 